Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys had an awesome day, because I know I did, because today is a day that the Lord hath made. And we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. You know, I just want to say, how awesome is it that we can be here to glorify God? You know, truly, how beautiful it is. You know, and another thing is I want to reemphasize. When you <clears throat> when you call yourself a Christian, you're pretty much, it's a watered-down term. The word Christian. And that's why it's important that when you go to, when a person asks you, are you a Christian? You know what your answer should be? No. I am a child of God, of the Most High because he loves and cares for me. Matter of fact, he died on the cross for you and I. That's what our response should be. Because when we state that, we are acting a certain way. Because a Christian can, a Christian is now just a pagan word that we all are used to now. We have to break that tide now. Because everyone, anyone can say they're Christian at this point. The word Christian is worthless. It's like water. Tasteless and worthless in the eyes of God. And that's why today we bring up the Nevers of Life. And I think this the Nevers of Life is a is a Bible study by Charles F. Stanley, the late uh who passed away last week, and they had a wonderful memorial service for him. How awesome was that? And we're gonna be taking a dive in the next I think in the next coming week, uh further in or sometime this week or next week, or we don't know. It's all in God's hands. And we're going to be taking a deeper look of when we say, when somebody puts you down, when somebody cuts you down, you you bounce back and you say the nevers of life and get that rid of that word, never, ever am I going to do this. Never, ever, never, 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 never. Or I'll never be good enough. Or I'll never be as holy as other people are. Or I'll never be a good child of God. All those things are completely false because those nevers are non-existent in God's eyes. And that's why we're going to be taking a look at Isaiah 64. And we're also going to be taking a look at 1 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Um, those two chapters today, we're going to be taking a look at them. With this in mind, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for coming here, Lord. We are so blessed to be called your children, Lord. We are so blessed that you loved us and you cared for us no matter what. You loved us even when we made mistakes. You loved us when you, we, you, when you found fault. You loved us when, you were, when we were all alone. And you still loved us. And you didn't care. You didn't get away. You didn't walk away. All you did was you stood by our side because you love us and you care for us. Lord, I just pray that you guide our hearts, Lord, our hearts of humbleness, humility. I just pray that you can watch over us because you are a sovereign God. May you guide us as we continue on the day and on the path that you have set before us. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So in Isaiah 64, verse 1, it reads, Oh, that you would rend the heavens, 
that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. As fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down. The mountains shook at your presence. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear. Nor has the eye seen any God besides you, who acts for the one who waits for him. You meet him who rejoices and does not and does righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. You are indeed angry, for we have sinned. In these ways we continue, and we need to be saved. Verse 6, But we are all like unclean thing, and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. And there is no one who calls on your name, who stirs himself up to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us, and have consumed us because of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. And all we are the work of your hand. Do not be furious, O Lord, nor remember iniquity forever. Indeed, please look, we are all your people. Your holy cities are a wilderness. Zion is a wilderness. Jerusalem is a desolation. Our holy and beautiful temple where our fathers praised you, is burned up with fire. And all all our pleasant things are laid waste. Will you restrain yourself because of these things, O Lord? Will you hold your peace and afflict us very severely? I want to say that, that Isaiah 64 has a lot of connotation in our lives. Because without Jesus in your life, without God and without following the path that God has set for you, we are desolate. We are to be burned in hell, actually, forever. And that's a huge issue. And not only that, but we are also destined to continue to um, fall and tremble and stumble over our addictions or over our sin. We are destined and we will continue to stumble and fall no matter what we do. And this is very important and very essential in our lives. This is important and essential because when we follow the God, when we miss, we, when we don't follow God, our lives become very miserable. When we don't obey his word, our lives become a travesty. And it is hard for us to find happiness. And it is also hard for us to continue through a troubling time of the world we are in. And that's why we need God 
to bring us some sense of peace and sense, and sense of normality in our lives. And this also jumps to 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 1. And it reads, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and our Timothy, our brother, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, with a saint, with all the saints who are in Annika. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And now, where this is where he talks about suffering. You know, you always have to introduce yourself. You have to introduce yourself in uh, praising and then welcoming praise and then talks about suffering. Comfort and suffering. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by. God. For as the suffering of Christ abounds abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we are confronted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast because we know that you are as partakers of the suffering. So also you will partake in the consolation. Verse 8. For we do not want, want you to be ignorant, brethren, for our trouble which came to, to you in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure above strength, so that we are despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of our death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and does deliver us, in whom we trust, he will still deliver us. You also helping together in prayer for us, that thanks may be given by many people on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. Verse 12, For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience that we contracted or conducted ourselves in the world is simply and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you. For we are not writing any other things to you than what you read or understand. Now I trust you will understand, even to the end, as also you have understood us in part, that we are your boast as you also in ours, in that, in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he ends up talking about sparing the church and giving the church a second chance. And in this, and in this confidence, I intended to come <clears throat> to you before that you might have a second benefit, to pass by 
way of you to Macedonia, to come again with Macedonia, to come again from Macedonia to you and be helped by you on my way to Judah. Therefore, when I was planning this, did I go do it lightly? Or the things I plan, do I plan according to the flesh? That with me, there should be a yes, yes, and no, no. But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvius and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he who established us, us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God, who has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Moreover, I call God as witness against my soul that to spare you I came no more to Corinth. Not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy for by faith you stand. Amen and amen. Now, you're wondering, Sassam, how did Second Corinthians chapter 1 correlate with the word never? Or how did uh, Isaiah 64 also relate to saying never of lives? How did that correlate it? Well, here's where it comes in. The word never. It is the word that can stir up the deepest fear in the bravest hearts. And some of the quotes that Charles Stanley Charles Stanley uses is I'll never be I'll never find a job. This will never get better or I'll never get married. I've said that before multiple times or I'll never get a girlfriend and and I still actually don't have a girlfriend. Um I've not gotten married so I've not said I will never get married. Um he'll never come home to me. That one is that, that can be hard. He'll never come home to me. I'm, I don't know, but I'm not a parent. And I know that um, when we miss our children and when we have troubling times and kids tend to run away in anger and in spite, our family, the family can sometimes say, well, he'll never come home. You know, the, or what did I do wrong? So we have to break that concept of never. It's the lie that originates with our sinful nature and it insists on putting a deceive end to all of our hopes. Don't bother to dream. It whis or it whispers cruelly. You don't under you don't deserve it. Stop wishing for what you can never be. That's another one that I have said multiple times, and I've actually said that to people. Stop wishing for what you can never be. And I regret that. Because as, and as, so we continue to drive the nails into the coffin of our dearest longings. The Lord will never answer my prayers, the biggest one. That is the most common phrase I hear 
And when I speak with people, the Lord will never answer my prayers because I'm not important enough because I've sinned too many times. But this is a challenge of waiting on God. It's the ability to keep hoping when the nevers of life bombard us, when the minutes, hours, days, and years tick away without any answer to our most passionate pleas at the throne of grace. It's a faith to, it's a faith to hang on to the, um, to the Father on the long road when human reasons tell us to give up. If the nevers of life are discouraging you, if you've waited for the Lord to fulfill his promise to you, if you wonder why God has allowed such a lengthy delay in answering the deepest cries of your heart, if that's where you are, friend, then this is a right reading plan for you. And this is a right, uh, you've come to, you've listened to the right episode and hopefully you will be able to tune in for the next a week or so. <clears throat> because if you because if you look, you'll find meaning and hope in these times of waiting on the Lord to respond. Though you don't see him working, you can know for certain that he is because he guarantees that he acts on behalf of the one who waits for him. Not only that, but the Father has an awesome plan for you, purpose, purposes that are fantastic, perfectly suited for you, and that, never, and that will never give up ultimate meaning of your life. However, God also has a very specific schedule, one that's often vastly different from what, you've, what you'd expect, may have you wait far beyond what makes you comfortable and most likely will make you feel that all earthly hope is gone so that you'll never rely solely upon him. And we kind of read that 2 Corinthians 1.9. And as we kind of conclude it, what I intend to show throughout the devotion that follow is that the, no, the only never you should focus on is that God will never let you down. That is the big picture. That is the only never that should be in your vocabulary. The only never phrase is that God will never let me down because I am a child of God. And with this in mind, we're going to end it with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. Lord, we just pray that we can get rid of the nevers in our lives. And the only thing that we can replace it with is, you will never let us down, Lord. That should be the only phrase that comes out. Because you will never let us down. Because you love us so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for you and I. For the... For me, and I didn't deserve it, O oh Lord, but because you loved us and you cared for us. You gave that um, opportunity, that one last chance. Lord, I just pray that you can continue us or you may give us the strength and the energy to continue on the path that you have set before us. So that when you cross that finish line, O oh Lord, we can run into your arms and we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, I hope you guys have a blessed day. And remember, I'm so excited to announce that after May 10th, we are going to have a major, major announcement, a major breaking episode, and to see where everything is actually going. Hope you guys tune in. 
And remember, God loves you, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye.